to your property podcast. I'm in Harrow Doing, and as usual, I'm here with my wonderful co-host Michelle Kens. Hello, hello. And today we we're joined by a long-time friend of YPN, and similar to last month's or a couple of weeks ago episode, I think he's been involved in YPN for longer than I have, and I feel like I've been involved with it for about a million years. So, <laughs> welcome to the call, Jess Taylor. Hello, hi guys. Hello. Good to be here. Thank you very much for having me, and yeah, it's great to be here. And uh, yeah, for the record, I think um, I, th- I think we might have advertised in. I don't think the first ever month, um, but we were uh, yeah, we were certainly in within the first six months of the ever what you know, the first yeah, so, end, we were in there, and yeah. I wonder if magazine. you have a medal for that. Anyway, so um, today we're going to be sort of talking about buy to lets and this supposed rumour that Vitalet is dead. This is something that I keep seeing on Facebook and online in general, people saying that the Vitalet strategy isn't viable nowadays and, you know, it's sort of not worth it because you don't make that much money. So does anybody have any thoughts on that? Well, I've Jess, got, I've, I've, Okay, I've got a pretty strong thought. I mean, I, I think that's a load of rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I, <laughs> guess, I guess... I guess you're going to want me to expand on that a little bit. Uh, yes, please. So let, let's, because obviously there's a lot to expand on, but let, let's sort of um, deliver a bit of a headline first, I guess. So there have been a lot of changes, and I guess we, we're going to knock each one of the changes off one by one in a conversation. But the, the headline for me would be something like, well, because of, despite the changes, whatever, whatever the, the reason is, um, if you wanted to contrast, you know, let, let, I, don't, I don't know when people who say buy to let is dead, said it was alive so let's let's i think was that 2012 13 14 let's say so if we say 13 14 uh, contrast my financial year 13 14 to my financial year 1920 um i think it works better these days my numbers prove it a lot of the things that people get hung up about are tax related or structural related you know to terms of whatever um i'm paying two percent less tax than i was all that, that time ago uh the houses i buy well, well yeah yeah and you know what it just it, I, i'm not special all i've done is fill in the forms in the right way and done the things that anybody's got the opportunity to do the tax man doesn't do me a deal um if you get yourself organized and uh, do things correctly then actually the opportunity i wouldn't say it's any better it's exactly the same as it always has been uh, you might have to look in different places for it um but the actual tax structure just got about 2% better. So I'm uh, mostly in a limited company at the moment. And it's, yeah, roughly speaking, 2% better than um, being personal. And personal was pretty good. But there are some differences, you know, getting it out of a limited company introduces the idea of having a, another layer of taxation in between. But, you know, there's, there's ways around that as well. Or, you know, do you, are you really bothered about that anyway? Money earned is money earned, isn't it? So, mm. um, you know, so, so for me, top line, um, I don't think that, I don't think it's, it's changed at all. It's still there. Still looks exactly the same to me. I'm buying I'm buying houses. They're in they're in different areas, but I'm buying houses with exactly the same numbers nowadays as I was in 2002 or 2012. Mm. And I'm sure in 2022. I was, you know? I was talking to somebody a couple of years ago. Where I was sort of I started looking for my first BTL a couple of years ago, and I was sort of going, "Oh no, what if it's in the wrong area? What if nobody wants to live there?" And I don't remember who yeah. was. somebody sat me down and said, "Look." It doesn't matter where the house is, somebody will always want to live somewhere. Yep, at a, at a price, you know, there are certain times when price comes into it. Um, but, you know, if you're struggling to rent a house out and you drop it 25 quid, I'd be really surprised if it doesn't go. If it mm. is a single house near other houses, 
where people live. You know, people do ask us, you know, what about you know location and, um, and you know, stuff like that? You know, what, is it near near train station, near schools, all those things? They do matter if it's an HMO, maybe if it's um, city centre apartment, or you know. If you are renting to a family, which is basically what we're doing in, in our business, so it's two and three bed terraced houses or, or semi-detached houses, those kind of houses. Um, if there are other houses around and there will be a bus somewhere, because there just is, you know, you look out the doors and you don't have to walk too far, look too far to get the bus, um, then, then it'll rent. It's, it's just some will rent slightly better than others, but yeah, you know that and you, you adjust the price that you pay for a house accordingly. Probably mm-hmm. works the other way, actually. The price you can buy it for is adjusted accordingly by, by the seller, isn't it? So. Yeah. buy to let is um there's a lot less things to go wrong than um lots of other things you can you can do with your money and your time mm. uh, i would say that i agree with everything you said and i think you know that headline figure of well is buy to let dead it depends what you're looking to achieve and it depends what you you know mm. what you want your money because um for example as i did a um a presentation down in cheltenham and the, on the slide, I had a picture of where I'm based on the Wirral, which is near Liverpool and Chester, for people who don't know, and, and I had to tilt them up because that's where I was speaking. And I'd literally just, all I did was put into Rightmove um, how many houses you could buy. So I put just the, uh, the purchase price of, let's say, I think it was 180,000. Yeah. How, many, how many houses could you buy in Cheltenham for that? I think there was like two and a garage. Um, yeah. <laughs> a garage. <laughs> And then where I am, there's like 583 houses of that price or below. So, you know, it just depends what, sit- what your situation is. And you're obviously just saying about tax there. It depends what tax situation and what you're looking to achieve. Um, because what angle is that coming from? Buy to let is dead. Is it coming from it's dead because people know they can get better returns on HMOs? Well, okay, maybe, but it's still, like Jess said, there's still, you know, it's a sound investment in comparison. Well, to other ways you can spend your money right see we only we only do one thing and we've only done one thing all that time so there are areas where what we do is dead so i can see why people would say it i bought most of my first lot of houses in northampton I'm not sure if it's quite dead in northampton but it's pretty lifeless um because of the prices simple as that you know so so our band of what we buy a house for is anywhere between fifty thousand pounds and one hundred and fifty thousand pounds so that's the spread you know between uh, what we're paying for it and what it's worth at the other end once we've done any work so we always buy refurbish and then rent out and you can't buy much in northampton for uh, less than a hundred thousand pounds which doesn't leave much room to add a bit of renovation on and then have it worth no more than 150 ish when something becomes worth much more than 150 thousand pounds for us we haven't seen many places where there are a few but it, you know it's, it's petering out and would you really want to be involved in those areas because of moving on pretty soon afterwards where the where the rent covers the hundred you know the, the stress test the, the loan stress test 145 percent five percent payable so yeah that that spread of 50 to 150 grand is basically where it works and we've had to move to do that yeah so we, we no longer are in uh, northampton now we're in nottingham then we're in derby now we're in sheffield now we're in manchester and liverpool we're coming up your way um so you know we've had to move to define those deals uh one of the big things and, and I, I i almost well i always forget about it always but it always surprises me when a when a client comes and reminds us about stamp duty down down south i mean we never even think about it all of our houses are sub one two five so we are paying the three percent and yes three percent was introduced 
after a zero percent but zero percent wasn't there for very long it was always two and a half percent you just it's factored into the market it's no big deal but when you're paying eight percent of it you know you just get that, that definitely definitely but it kills a lot of deals much further south than, than Watford for me for, for standard by to that and then people are forced into HMOs and and, and, and whatnot we do HMOs you know we've, we've got 350 rooms so you know, we definitely do HMOs but um, single X for us are, are the core of it definitely how do you find in terms of time and management uh, single lets compared to HMO? Because from what I've heard of other people, I don't have any, but I mean, Michelle's currently standing in her HMO right now. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, looks, <laughs> it looks lovely, by the way. I, I guess when people listen to this, they can't see the pictures, but we've got video screens up. We get a lovely, and, and, got a lovely and it looks, it looks great. Yeah. It, yeah. Nice, I mean. nice, yeah. <laughs> Good job. Good job. You gonna, you, you, how do you find it time-wise? <laughs> uh, you can't compare it. It's, on, it's just on a, another level, I think. If you have a, I like to think of it as a scale. So if you on the left-hand side, you've got the single lets, single families in there, and then the other end of the scale is serviced accommodation. So on, on the left, single let properties, uh, I've got three single lets, so two families um, in, in each of those two, and then a flat as well. And... You know, I just do the, I think I went, you just do the quarterly checks and that's it. And mm. yeah, every now and then there's something that happens that you need to fix. Okay. You send a plumber out or something. Um, but then obviously you don't have the margins. And then on the other end of the scale, you've got service accommodation, which is a, for me is, you know, if it's not systemized properly, it's a daily business. It's every, you know, every single day you need to do something. And then HMOs somewhere in between, depending on how lucky you are with the tenants and how many tenants you've got per them. So um, I think, you know, it's a good point that Anka had made about actually there's a cost to everything. So just because you're getting a cheaper house, you know, the houses you're talking about, like 50 grand. Yeah, they exist. There's plenty of them where I live and below, but they attract a certain type of tenant in and, you know, there's not as much rent that you're going to get for them. So whatever you do, there's a cost to it. It might be a time cost. It might be a risk. It might be um, financial. I think it's just factoring that in. So, you, you know, it's difficult to say one is better than the other because it's, again, it comes down to what are you looking for out of your money? Yeah, I'm glad you answered that because my <laughs> answer is, my, my answer is I, I notice no difference at all because I don't manage them. <laughs> it's that, you know? That easy. Well, there you go. I, I've, I've found that the more properties you end up owning, the easier it gets because somebody else, you can afford to pay somebody else to do it. So that's, that's the honest answer from my point of view. Now, a um, couple of things just to sort of think about there were all, all seriousness, the, the team here, if you've got a five bedroom HMO or I'm going to say three single lets, not five single lets, three, they take about the same amount of time to, to look after. Of course they do. You know, you don't don't think about a five bedroom HMO as one unit. Think about it as five units, and 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 actually, it's um, that's a better way to look at it. Now, something else that uh, you, you mentioned there as well, Michelle, was the a certain type of property attracting a certain type of tenant. Now, I don't want to come across too smug here because I've definitely. I used to think that, and I also have definitely made those mistakes. I, I have always buy, but bought that certain type of property, if you, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And um, I've definitely had that certain type of tenant in the past. Now, one thing that I've learned, if anything, over the last decade has been, no matter what the property, if you are a landlord with the right attitude, so you come into it and think, you know, I'm going to do a good job of this. I'm going to, going to engage with the idea of being a landlord. I'm going to provide a decent, safe home. I'm going to be the kind of landlord who's in it for the long term, you know, fixes the fixes the leaks, fixes the boiler, renovates to a nice standard and answers the phone when tenants call. You then deserve a good tenant. 
and if you, you you can attract a good tenant in that kind of property the trick is finding them yeah. you know, because <laughs> yeah. because you will also you will also attract all the crap tenants as well um, yeah and those sort of types of houses tend to come in a certain type of area and mm. you know one person you know a young professional or a young lawyer or a doctor might not necessarily want to sort of live in that area with it's true this, oh it's, yeah absolutely the type I, of tenants i don't know I, i'm trying to think of a I nice think, way of saying no no well do you know what it's one of those things that yeah we, we always struggle with in um you know articulating it because we don't want to you don't want to come across as somebody who's looking down your nose at everybody and honestly that is not what we what we do or how we do anybody that walks into our business gets treated exactly the same way it's an absolute fact that if you were to drive around some of the areas that some of our clients before they speak to us and we sort of we try and educate them differently would turn their nose up at they they are the areas where 60 percent of the uk live yeah. so it's not it's not an unusual thing people are getting on with their lives in those areas and there's the, the, the majority of people live in those areas i mean people that we come into contact as clients readers of your magazine listeners to the podcast probably might not yeah there might not be if, if you were to look at the, the demographics it would be a different demographic probably or almost certainly we know it would be but don't, yeah, don't don't i think one of the classic invest, investor mistakes is that um most landlords or investors landlords know that the kind of house that they should invest in isn't a house that looks like the one that they live in themselves they know that that doesn't work but they're calibrated wrong because they don't know how far down the scale they have to go. Yeah. They, they sort of they look at their house and they go, well, do you know what? If I take off one reception room, one bedroom and move it three streets down the road, that's the house I need to buy, isn't it? It's, and it's just not. They need to buy a house in the um, the, the classic way of, of sort of um, working out is, you know, zeros to tens. And most landlords live in six, seven, eight, nines and tens. And it, by to let, only works and only, only, always, always has in the threes and fours ones you don't want to be in twos you might take a punt as long as it's going up to a three and they usually do honestly if you buy a two it's rare it sinks to a one most twos come up to a three uh, three and four works five does not work it just does not yield um we've got a saying in our business it's the economy stupid um which is it's one of those snow clones which you know just means lots of different things with lots of different people but for us it means that no matter how much you try and get things right if you bought in a in, a, yeah. in the wrong area wrong house wrong area wrong wrong anything um the foundations aren't right and you, you can't you can't make it work so if you've bought in a seven and you can't rent it out for you know, 1200 quid which you can't then you're always going to be down 200 pounds a month in our area really simple i'm just thinking yeah you know, if you bought in that area down here you'd lose 200 pound every month and if you didn't have any limited company you'd lose four or five hundred pound a month you know all those things and and then it yeah buy to let is dead definitely mm. um so it's when just you were, yeah. sorry when you were talking about sort of threes and fours yeah is that criteria sort of what what do you mean by that do you know what it's, it's not that it's not that scientific it really isn't i'm afraid so first time i i came to nottingham and which is where i live now i live in nottingham and, and we, i've invested heavily in nottingham uh right now nottingham's kind of running out i have to say i don't i don't see many deals that we can pick up you know we're a few we bought sort of three or four in the last couple of months but when i first came to nottingham i went around all the lettings businesses and i asked them where to invest and if i'd have taken their advice buy to let would, would not have worked the way i because they they pointed me in the direction of i don't know if people know nottingham but you know west bridgeford and all, all the places at the park you know these are places where the person i was speaking to would like to live and they just thought we'll just buy just buy a smaller house like the one i live in but in the same area it doesn't work um, the places where I was investing, people actually said, are you crazy? Are you mad? If you look at a map of Nottingham, the places that I was told to invest in are 10% of it. 
the rest of it, that great big expanse of it, is where everybody else lives. And you know, just go go have a look. Um, we have never not we've never bought a house for under fifty thousand pounds that hasn't doubled in value in five years. So all those cheap houses I was buying are all now double in value. Some of the best performers were ones that I bought in twos, and they are now threes and fours because things do generally go up. So the eight is still an eight. Yeah. And a five, and a five hundred grand house there is probably now worth six. That's it. So big difference getting it right. Just just generally how things work, you know. Do you want to give us an example of like, uh, you know, what is like a, one of your favourite buys or? Mm, so that's easy and hard because they're all identical. So I, <laughs> I don't do any, you know, pretty much. Um, so if I, if I told you I bought one last week, <laughs> now then you're going to test me on the numbers. I'll be, I'll be totally honest. So I'll be totally honest with you. I don't know. I've just bought a, house, I bought a house last week and I bought one two weeks ago and I couldn't tell you what I bought them for. I, I know that they'll be about, about 50 grand and I'll spend about 15,000 pounds on them and they'll be worth about 85 to 90,000 pounds, roughly. They're bonds in Sheffield, ones in... <laughs> I don't know where it is. I don't know where it is. And I'm not even, yeah, I don't know where it is. If I looked on my telephone... Well, um, yeah, I've got... I, I, use, I, use, I use my own system to, to, to buy and, and renovate houses. I get video updates of, of the renovation i forgot what they are anyway the, the point is if i'd have told you those numbers 50 15 80 85 houses i bought 10 years ago were the same they were just in a different area that was it the rent yeah. on those that one will be about 525 um otherwise it wouldn't work and i know that that's actually quite good 525 is i looked at it and thought yeah that's that's, that's mm-hmm. all right if i got four four nine five five hundred that would that would still work um and in nottingham 10 years ago we were buying houses for the same money and that yes, they were renting for four seven five. Nowadays, they rent for six hundred and twenty five. So things just move. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, you know, favourite one. No, I haven't got a favourite one. They are all really, really boringly similar. Oh, that's my that's my favourite bit. The fact that they're all the same. They all work the same. Have, um, I guess certain criteria when you're looking for them. You know, do you go on right move? You go okay. Uh, max three bedrooms. Um, uh, you know, up to hundred grand or whatever and you know or do you favor sort of like the old victorian terrace or the ex-council houses or sort of what what do you all we're looking for is a two or three bed family house. This is for, for buy to lets. We, we, like I say, we buy, we buy, buy HMOs. I'll, I might talk about those a bit in a minute as well, because I think actually in these day and age, you might want to need to buy some HMOs. But single let, we have always just looked at a two or three bed uh, house. Um, there are certain areas in an area, so let's say Nottingham, where we, you know, where, honestly, that's the last time I was buying houses, as in actually going out and viewing them. I've, I've got people that go out and, and do the viewings for me now. So, But they still work to the same criteria. So if anybody's out in, Sheffield or wherever they're, they're they're doing the same thing they look at an area there's areas where they would not buy so you, you don't look at those and then everywhere else even if it is a 10 if you will sell me a house for 50 60 70 thousand pounds which I can spend some money on and I need to work out how much that is which is then worth 20% more I'll buy it simple as that so it's not um you know, and of course, if you end up in a area six, seven, nobody will sell you that house. So it's kind of, it rules out areas. But if, if one popped up, we'd spot it. Um, on Rightmove, we don't sort of, we look at every single thing, every single thing that comes on, on all the portals gets looked at 
every single day as soon as it's on. That's one of the things that sort of, it definitely surprises some people when we um, run through a little course at, um, twice a month where people come and they, they, they learn how to buy houses in their own area. And I've had conversations that go something like, um, so you, know, you put all the things into to right move and Zupa or whatever, and um, up they come. And then you, you, the first time you do it, obviously you've got to look at loads and loads and loads. And then the next day you might have to look at 10, you might have to look at 30. And the question is, well, I have to look at them all? Yes, every single one of them. That's it. There's no shortcut to it. You have to look at every single one of those house, houses. And if they're, um, if they're half decent, you have to go view them. That is the life of a, of a, of a property investor who is serious about doing it. It's, it's, it's blooming hard work. You just got to keep looking every single day. So yeah, That's we nice always look. My boyfriend and I are currently sort of in the process of buying a house for, you know, for us. And um, we are going through, you know, we sort of, we went through that stage of, we, I think I had about 10 or 20 tabs open every day of all the houses that came on the market. Mm. Uh, you know, it's, it's quite easy to sort of do a judge on just from the pictures and the floor plan of go, mm, sure. yes, mm, no, mm, that doesn't tick our boxes. Mm. And it's, I think a lot of people sort of, when they're looking at an investment property, they might not look at it with as much sort of pickiness as you would when you're looking at your own house. Yeah, there's certain that things I think sense. you've got to be, yeah, certain things you've got to be more picky about and certain things you've got to be less picky about. I think mm. uh, investment wise so the, so the numbers you can't fudge them I think I I just just briefly mentioned there but it's probably the most important bit is we always look for at least a 20% margin so £65,000 purchase £15,000 renovation your £80,000 all in that house has got to be worth £100,000 when it's finished that's our that's our uh, criteria so if you can get a 20% margin which is is pretty good in this market if you can do that um you've got something approaching momentum investing i mean not many people are going at 80% loan to value but if you could all you'd really believe in in there is, is your fees and your stamp duty so most of the single houses that we buy we're leaving a little bit of cash in but you know it, it's definitely we've got momentum we're managing to pull some of it out after the six month point the, the, the stat we've got is it we we buy 10% so if we do, if we want to buy five houses, we've got to view 50. It's hard work. It's the only way to do it. Though. It's the only way to do it. Michelle, have you found like similar? Yes, so, you know, like for people, you know, Jess, you're in a very different position to me and one day, hopefully I'll get there when I, I've just got people managing my whole portfolio for me. But I have to manage those. I have to, I'm going to say, I have to manage yeah. and pay their wages. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but one thing that I did, so my very first buy to let, um, I had the idea, I went to WH Smith and I bought a map of Wirral and I mapped out all the purchase prices mm. on the map and then I mapped out all the rental prices. So, yep. so yep. therefore I could see actually where was the lowest purchase price but the highest rent. And it's in, you know, a place I personally probably, you know, it's not it's not a place I'd, I'd choose to live, but would I feel safe there? Is it, you know, if I, mm. you know, worst case would I have to live there I would yeah so yeah. it was okay kind of area so I That's bought good, one there good for, criteria that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I wouldn't want to live there but would I yeah, that, that yeah. Thing, I've always used that one definitely yeah exactly so so to give you an example uh, I bought it for 58,000 mm. it's a three-bed house um, and it rents out at £550 a month so the mortgage on that is £112 so it's yeah. something I wanted to bring in and, you know, the, all these tax changes, actually, the lower the mortgage, the less impact it has on you as well. So, you know, that brings in what, 363 a month, mm. you know, in terms of 
people were saying is buy that dead. It all depends on the margin. Like you say, it depends where you're buying yeah. and what profit you're getting from them. Yeah. I've got a question for both of you as a sort of a relative novice in the property investment world. How many, or would you think it's possible to replace your income from the day job with just single acts? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. how, you get how quickly you do it. it. it Exactly. It depends. How, so it's it's how long's a it's not how long's a piece of string. Actually, I I refer it's like trigonometry. You know. So oh, I, 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 I maths. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so so um, if you can remember all that way back, if you know two sides of a triangle and the angle, you you can work out what the other side is. So if you know how long you've got, how much money you've got to spend, and you know what your ambition is, they're the three things. So. Where do, where do you want to get to? What what is your daily salary and your salary? That's that's the first question or one of the questions, one of the three. How much money have you got to spend and how much long how long will it take? If you know two of those things, you can work out the other one. So you know if you want to uh, work out how much money you've got your salary on one hand, you got a capital pot on the other hand, you can then work out how long it, it, it takes. If you've got you know the answer is always yes. If you've got twenty quid in your pocket and you want to be a billionaire. You just need to be immortal. So it's kind of one of those questions where you just, everybody's going to sit down with a piece of paper and get realistic. And it's, you know, I, I have definitely had people sat in front of me with completely, completely unrealistic plans. And you know, why, why can't I do this? Because you've got, because tw- you've got twenty grand and you just quit your job and you, you, it's just impossible. You know, you can't. Whereas um, chap comes into us and he's got half a million pounds in the bank and he wants to earn a hundred thousand pounds a year. You can sort him out the same afternoon, pretty much. So. Yeah, it's one of those questions where it's different for everybody. The one thing that I'd say is that people underestimate, overestimate what can be done in a day and underestimate what can be achieved in a year. Uh, I, I see people getting sniffy at the, Michelle, you said, said 300 quid there. Yeah, two or three, two. Oh, you only make 250 pounds out of this house. You know? mm-hmm. How many of those do you really need to um, get yourself what, what you call, there's different levels of, of freedom, isn't there? You know, actually replace okay. your salary or get close to it. One of the really, really nice things about, property is every single time you buy another one another building block another addition to the portfolio it gets you a little bit closer and you know how much closer so if you are halfway through the the whole project of you know replacing your income you're halfway through and you know you are Mm -hmm. and you know you you just got to do the same amount of effort again whereas sometimes it can be um you know it's it's not a long shot it's not something that you you, you're putting all your chips on something you're just hoping it's coming good you are doing something about it every week month every six months whatever it is and if you just keep going you will get there and um you know, i have seen dozens and dozens and dozens of people replace their income their salary from single let buy to let properties 100 mm. i've seen it over and over, over again i've also seen people give up because you know they went and bought a new car or a holiday or you, know, you mm. have got to put yourself you've got to put yourself out a little bit to make it really work yeah that's when you were saying about you know it's sort of easy to sort of like turn your nose up at like an extra 150 quid a month or only mm. 200 pounds or whatever but for me the way i see that is like that's my car paid off for per month yep. you know that's yep. that's an extra 200 quid that i have to play with potentially and i know that people you know with large pump you know it's just me and the other half but people with large families 200 pounds they might not stretch that far but yeah for me it'll pay off my car 
and it, I might be able to afford a weekend away somewhere, you know? So I yeah, think yeah. it kind of depends on people's, yeah, like their situation and sort of... I think in anything, you've always got to be prepared to put yourself out a little bit as well. It works best if you do. In anything, not just property, but um, things get easier. I'm going to say something really silly now and it makes... I'm always I'm always really conscious when I sort of make this because some people make... I don't think it's... I think arrogance is the wrong word, but out of touch or whatever. But if you earn in the UK... £8,000 a year or £80,000 a year, pretty much the same thing. And what I mean by, of course it's not, you know, people go, <laughs> what? Of course it's not, of course it's not. But you are you are in, so uh, the top 5% of the income earners in, in the UK earn over £80,000. So if you earn anywhere from eight to 80, you're in with everybody else, the 95% of everybody else. So every single thing that you can do, spend your money on, but everything is geared towards towards those ninety five people, ninety five percent, which is why I said obviously you know, there's a massive difference between eight thousand pounds and eighty thousand pounds. I know that, but if you uh, want to go um, out out on a Friday and have something to eat, if you if you spend eight pounds or eighty pounds, you know they they are restaurant kind of you know mm. who goes out and spends eight hundred pounds not many you could buy you know, I'd, I'd struggle to do that at sat baines you know you can't you can't spend that much money on a meal um if you wanted to buy a car you know, think about the differences uh you know, ten thousand pounds is a cheap car hundred thousand pounds is a very expensive car you'll struggle to buy a car for a million pounds you know so what i'm saying is life happens within those boundaries of where you know where, wherever you are if you can get yourself just a little bit ahead and the reason i mentioned this you know property relating wise is everybody can always do a few extra hours or get a second job they can turn down their spending so they're actually saving more. And if you can squeeze that into good investments, property, um, every time you do that, you get yourself just a little bit ahead. I didn't take any money out of my property portfolio uh, for the first 15 years. I still struggle to take it out now. And if you can get yourself ahead, you start to have more money to play with and then you can buy more houses and it snowballs. You know, if you if you are struggling to buy properties one, two, three, four, and you will, you will struggle, property five becomes a little bit easier. Property fifty is coming out of the um, is coming out of the rental profit. It's coming out of cash flow, and it's getting over those first five to ten, which is the bit where landlords, no matter what, no matter how you know, however, it's always going to seem like a little bit of hard work. But it is with anything, isn't it? Putting that amount of cash to one side in your life. So I think some people say buy to let's dead or buy to let doesn't work because they're not seeing they're seeing how much hard work and effort and how much capital they had to put in to make only 300 pounds or 200 pounds or whatever it's you've got to do that consistently three or four to five times and you really get knocked if you do all the wrong things like we talked about before you, you get knocked if you buy the wrong house in the wrong area for the wrong price with the wrong mortgage you certainly get knocked if you get the wrong tenant that you know stays in there and costs you arrears and, and trashes the place um you get knocked if a boiler breaks down you know those kind of things but getting through all those things for the first five, six, seven properties comes a lot, lot easier. And I think landlords need to have a bit more determination to get past those tricky, tricky times. But that, that almost sounded... Instead of nodding your head. That, that <laughs> almost seemed like an ant rant. Was that an ant rant? <laughs> it, it, might have, it might have been an ant rant. <laughs> that was an ant rant. They call it the smashed avocado generation. Have you heard that one? Oi! That I'm taking you? that really is personally. That, is that you? Because you love a smashed avocado. You know, in my day, you went out on a Friday night, you went to Jack's Cafe and had beans, beans, and, uh, beans and bread. And, um, you know, that, well, you know, 
<laughs> anyway, oh, don't, put, I, I could put yourself out a little bit. Have a bit of hardship about the sort of the um, you know as a millennial. <laughs> the, mm. I get stereotyped so much, and I see these posts. I actually saw one the other day that was like, um, "God, millennials these days," and just went and described like one person who happened to be about twenty eight or something. I go, that could have been anybody. That could. It doesn't matter about yeah. the age. That's. I think that's just a dumb person. Yeah. 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 For sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. They they call them the avocado generation, but crikey, there must have been those kind of peoples in every generation, for sure. Yeah, I know. Like anything, you put yourself out, you work hard at it, and, and you, you do good. Now, I, I happen to believe that buy-to-let property investing it is the best long-term wealth creation strategy on planet Earth, you know. So if you're going to do something, you might as well do property. But it doesn't alter the fact that if you are put yourself out, you work hard, you save, you invest, you have that grit and determination, you'll definitely do better. You know, that's, that's, that's the same for anything. So there's no, there's no getting around that. People just got pushed, pushed through sometimes. Uh, you know, I saw a post today and it's great about, about that grit and determination and how, um, you know, people who are sort of in the day job and they're looking to get out, but actually, you know, in terms of investing in property, there might be, a lot more risk a lot more problems going wrong like you were saying before and you know you you do need that that grit to see you through yeah i think as well it like it depends a lot on like i was sort of saying before like personal situation you know me i'm not married but you know i'm in a relationship whatever but he's sort of you know in terms of the law he's nothing yeah 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 um, no kids. You know, no have, yes yeah i have a lot less risk yeah. technically yeah, yeah. and somebody you oh, know who thing, yeah. married has a more has like a huge mortgage yeah. on a five-bedroom house and has about six six children Definitely. and three dogs and you know i think it's it comes harder. back to what you just said before about it's you know the actual situation and, and jess as well because you know what you said replacing your salary can be very different than ex- replacing your expenses mm. so you know uh, my salary as a teacher full-time was about 1500 something like that now actually did I need to replace 1500 no actually when I worked it out it was about 800 let's say it's like cover all my bills there's food in the fridge and there's petrol in the car um yeah. once I knew that I wanted to get into property that day I just decided right that is it so I didn't renew I didn't upgrade the phone I didn't upgrade the car you know everything was on a minimum and has been for like five years now so it's kind of reassuring just there to say well I'm on my ninth property going into the 10th at the moment and I tell you what that property I just described before with the couple hundred pounds it was that property that made me think now I can leave if you can do it once you can do it 10 times and they just build up on top of each other you, yeah, well done, hey. Because but it, that's I, I completely all agree. it takes. It resonates. It's just those incremental, and at the time, yeah, it's like two, two or three hundred yeah. pounds. But actually, you know, when you're in that situation, well, for anyone who is, it's is a big chunk. It, it's the equivalent of two thousand pounds, because it gets you that closer to that goal of yeah. leaving the day job if that's what you want. Yeah. See, I I know that when I'm answering these questions, I'm a little bit of a fraud because I've never actually had a job. So when I, I've never worked for anybody else and I know that that is, um, that's unusual. I know that. And I, know, I think it makes some of my decision making a little bit skewed, but you know, that's, 
that's, that's, I guess that's just the way it is. I can see that you know, it, it's a scary thing, sort of working your way out of the dependency on a job. So if you if you have a job and your whole life is is geared up to be supported by that job, then um, it's hard to to get away because all you've got, or the only wiggle room you've got to to, um, to to work with, is the stuff that's left at the end of the month that you haven't spent on, you know, the kids, the car, or whatever it is that you need to to spend on. So. Um, I'm also lucky, I guess, because I started in my twenties, which again, that got. A, I didn't have a wife and four kids when I was twenty, so um, now I, I bet the ranch at least three times when I was in my twenties. So I couldn't do that now. My wife would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just. Oh, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't do it anyway. But yeah, it's a very different decision-making process as you get a little bit older. Still doesn't alter the fact that, that I still think the best way to dig yourself out of. That sounds a bit desperate, but you know, right? Get yourself away, or or move away, or do something more positive. Is is to invest in properties. Uh, we haven't talked much about HMO. So Michelle, you're sat there in one now, and I think when when people talk about um, buy to let being dead, and then HMO is an alternative, I just see an HMO as a is buy to let, isn't it? What's the difference? It's just renting. It's, it's it's doing more. It's, it's basically just renting them out. We, we do HMOs. One of the one of the reasons that I I think people need to need need to look at HMOs a little bit more or maybe have we're finding that probably one in one in eight properties in a portfolio if that was an HMO that might be quite useful if you're seeing price growth over time and you want to refinance you want to keep refinancing uh, anything over five properties is it now you're a portfolio landlord and all of the properties that you own will be assessed um, to work out well, yeah, the loan to value and the loan coverage i.e how much income you're bringing in versus the the mortgages that are going out if you want to keep refinancing you might need some hmos in there to keep the numbers looking good so you can keep refinancing and keep everything nice and safe and steady so um i think there's definitely a place for hmos uh, you mentioned a sliding scale of somewhere between a, a single let going through hmo going to things like service accommodation and those kind of things but i think the further down to the would it be the right hand side with all the hmos i don't know you go the more you, you you're just getting a job now if you want a job and you're prepared to work for it to make some extra money, that's fine. I've got a job. I don't mind going there. That's fine. Um, I, I, I work in this business and I chose to do it. It's all related um, work, you know, so we, we, we find, fix and rent houses and I'm here overseeing people that find, fix and rent houses and that, that helps me do the same thing. So um, that works. You know, if you're going to be wanting to buy some single houses, is it a good idea to run a service accommodation like maybe because mm, you know uh, so, so, uh, maybe it's a job yeah, that's definitely something that um obviously you know doing what i do i get to talk to a lot of people who are doing all sorts and they go oh i hated my job it was nine to five i hated it i had to mm. manage you know teams of 80 people and i can't i couldn't wait for the freedom so i decided to set up an essay business thing. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, you, yeah. If you wanted freedom and more time why did you do that yeah so so freedom from that job that gives you you know eight weeks holiday a year and uh, and sick yeah. pay and all those things yeah, yeah, yeah. i can see that <laughs> um mm, yeah so I, I make a distinction but so we we i personally and clients of ours would buy five and six hmos because we do those um anything under four beds uh, we call it a minimo and has to be a very specific reason to buy it and a very specific price point for it so five and sixes are are preferable anything much well anything over that we um we shy away from now i'd rather do two five beds and one ten bed who wants to live in a ten bed house 
that's that's one of the things i spent actually when i was a couple of well this time last year actually i spent some time in a 14 bed in barcelona mm. and it wasn't so bad but there were times you know when about the kitchen was quite small and so when there was more than about three people trying to cook their dinner it was yeah. uh, it was tight <laughs> yeah well the, the other thing is as soon as you go over um six is different planning permission as soon as you change the planning permission you've got change of use and as soon as you got that you got to go up the building regs uh fire regs we just put we put to bed get uh, put together a 10 bed not long ago it took nine months to get the planning sorted through just the conditions lifted it took uh probably another six months to get everybody together to work out you know, what what electricity do we need what water we need we needed two water supplies we needed three phase electricity um it would have been low we, we put an, we put a five or six bedroom hmo together in you know from getting the keys to the first tenants moving in in three months, done tenants in. So, um, you know, it's, it's taken a lot, but nearly nearly two years by the time we've actually put the planning in as well uh, to do a ten bed. We could have done lots more. So, just keeping it simple. What one of the things is, is focus, having the right focus. So, I guess if the question is is buy to let dead, then some of the things that you talk about is well, what 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 else would you do? And people would start thinking of all sorts of exotic other variations which on the face of it look like property you know is, hot- is a hotel a property investment a property business it's not no it's not <laughs> it's a business it's a business you know, no, you know mr hilton owns a lot of hotels uh, but he also runs businesses in hotels that he doesn't own it's a business the, bu- the business of the hotel is is um the booking system the change the laundry it's the, it's the actual work that goes on and, and the same with service accommodation it's it's work you have to do we have run services we've got people in the, in the team here who have in other businesses they've worked for run service accommodation big ones and um you know the profit margins are okay but when you contrast it with the work you do it's just it's just normal paid work honestly mm. over and above over and above the value and the the, the the yield on the property itself so yeah but yeah that was that was my thoughts on service accommodation is there anything else you want to move to expand on hmos or any thoughts on that or i don't think so michelle do you have anything i mean you have a lot more experience in hmos than i do because the way that if i had the choice between mm. three single lets or one hmo i would always choose the three single lets because i don't know the, the amount of people that i speak to who go who just say that you know they have hmos and they just end up m- like micromanaging tenants that's not what i want to do <laughs> yeah i think out for me personally i would rather have the three single lets because you can sort of just put them in let them yeah. do their thing if they yeah. have a problem they can call me if well, not great this is the idea of the economy of scale though that if you have six people in one house then obviously you know you don't need as much deposit as if you're having three different houses or six mm, different houses true. for example so mm. there's that there's it's a good point as well because it you've just got to remember you know that's if you've got three houses that's three roofs that go wrong that's three boilers that need mm. fixing that's three refurbs um however on the other hand you've got three houses that can go up in equity as well yep yeah yep so it just depends what you want. How important is it to you guys to take into account capital growth? Um, so I was actually going to, a couple of things on the uh, single let versus the HMO thing. One thing we haven't talked about there is, so we, we, this idea of momentum investing. So you buy a house cheap, you add some value, and the equity you've created in there, and so, you know, if you were a builder, you'd flog it off and make some profit. But as a, as a landlord investor, you refinance, you take the money back out that you put in, and you get to go again. So on a really good buy-to-let deal, uh, you can get momentum. You can get something where you know one one deposit pop can recycle its way through 
multiple properties and you can end up with a portfolio from one deposit. It's not quite as simple as that. You've got to buy exactly the right house in the right area and everything's got to go right all the time and you'll, you'll get it. But what you'll probably end up doing is um, not refinancing every six months. You might have to wait seven, eight, nine months. You have to, might have to put a Christmas bonus in or whatever it is to keep the thing moving. The biggest way obviously is to start with a bigger pot than what you need. You know? But once you get past the five or six properties, you keep going. The difference with an HMO is it's really hard. Well, I, I'm going to say impossible. I, I've not seen it to, to get momentum like that. What you end up doing is buying an HMO that takes 30 or 40,000 pounds, maybe 50,000 pounds worth of capital setup costs. And you've got to wait for that to be paid back. So they're much, much more capital intensive. So you, you're talking about capital growth. How important is capital growth? The answer is really important. What, we, what we're actually, what I'm personally actually looking at is not just capital growth, which is definitely in the mix. It's total property return over at least five years um so we track so it every single year the sort of the net profit times 12 times five um so it's the net that profit the calculation? So my, the, my math not quite nice <laughs> yeah you, you already admitted the math wasn't that so no no not, it, it is it does include those but it's not quite the matter so what okay. we're looking at is what you what capital you have left in the property after any refinance so what you bought it for what you spent on it what it's now worth, and then the refinance on that value. Uh, so basically, how much money did you end up left of your own capital that you started off with in the property? I, I then also am checking on what equity I've got left. And don't forget, you just made an equity gain. You just, uh, If you were to add up the money you started off, off with, um, plus that equity now that you've left in there because you only got a 75% loan to value mortgage. So 25% of the money that of the value of that property is, is your money. Add what you've got left in the bank, which isn't quite as much because you have to leave some of it behind, but add that to the equity. It's actually more than you started off with. If that makes sense. Yeah. So you actually, you just made a gain. You've invested so, profit directly in a balance sheet, which is good. Sorry. Can we just like rewind my math? Oh, <laughs> crikey. You want me to give an example? So, so I'm, I'm, can we put very... nice round numbers of a hundred thousand? I'm going to give you. Come on, then. I'll give you eighty thousand pounds in cash, right? Ready? I'm going to. Okay. I'm, I'm writing this down as well. I'm going to give you eighty thousand pounds in cash. Okay. Is this in? It, honestly, is this interesting radio? Me doing maths on the radio. Eighty thousand pounds. Now you go buy a house for sixty-five thousand pounds. Spend fifteen thousand pounds on it. Yeah, that goes up to eighty. Yeah. How, how much money have you got in your back pocket now? There's no, it's not a trick question. Come on, what is it? Zero. Yeah. You got no money. Yeah, I gave you zero. eighty. You spent. Any. You spent eighty. The house is worth a hundred thousand pounds, and that's roughly what we're trying to do. Yeah. You can see that. So yeah. what I've got there now is a twenty. I've got an extra twenty. It's, in there. it's now worth hundred because of it's the now worth because yeah. of the refurb. Yeah. So we bought it cheaper. We added value, and it's worth a hundred thousand pounds. If yeah. I so this is this is the bit that you're getting at where I, where I, I definitely so first of all that is our model we want 20 percent margin okay um if we were to sell that prop property assuming everybody you know nobody's charging us fees or stamp duty or whatever it is then we'd have we'd, we'd have profit. we'd have 20 we'd have 20 grand profit if you refinance that property at 75 percent loan to value the bank will transfer seventy five thousand pounds into your bank yeah which means i'm going to leave in 25 grand well actually you're going to have yes absolutely no what you're going to have is you're going to have twenty five thousand pounds in the property equity that you own yeah. Your bank balance is now seventy-five thousand pounds. Yeah. And you start and you started with eighty. So you started with eighty. The bank had given you back on the refinance seventy-five. So your own capital in that property 
is only £5,000, your own capital. Right. Now, I say that, your, your, your own capital, your original capital, because the other bit of capital, like you say, there's actually £25,000 in there. The other £20,000 of it is the magic you just made by buying cheap and adding value. So your... So you to- then take that five grand times however percentage Michelle's shaking her head at me. <laughs> So what, what, what we're really keen on doing is firstly working out what, what you've just done and how good those numbers, just in that first situation there. So that's pretty good. What you actually got there is a house. Uh, so the, the, the question is, can you buy another house for seventy five in the same manner for £75,000? And the answer is yes. You can't buy exactly the same house because that house was eighty grand, but you can mm. buy a little bit cheaper one. So you keep going. So you've got one capital pot and you can keep going. That's the main advantage of how we run a single let if you buy the right house in the right area for the right price do the right renovation you know spending 15 grand on the renovation is um is key to it you know you've got to make sure that you don't do too much work and the work that you do you get for the right price those two things that investors can go wrong on you can you can could we spend 30 grand on the house yes uh, could you spend 30 grand on exactly the same list of work? Yeah, you could get another builder saying, oh, well, you know, I'll do all this work and I'll charge you £30,000. And if you pay it, you've paid twice as much as what you could have paid. That definitely can happen. Mm-hmm. So you you started with 80. You've only got 75 left. Your original capital pot has gone down by £5,000, um, but you've got enough to keep going. You have created, or you have left, £25,000 worth of, of equity, which means, because, because it's 75% loan to value, you, you, your, your total property return right from that point is already, on day one, you've got 25 grand extra, haven't you? Mm. 20, 20, you, you, you add your 75000 to your twenty five, and you, you, you're at £100,000. So you've already made more money than, than you had. it. Now, some of it's locked away inside the property, but that's, that's where you want it. Then, every year, we, this is the total property return bit that we're tracking, we, I am going to answer your question in a minute about capital return in a minute. Honestly, I promise you. Um, we're, we're, we're adding the, the net profit of, the, of the, the, uh, the investment to what we estimate the uh, revaluation to be. And we, at that stage, it is only a revaluation estimate because I'm not revaluing every time. And until it's actually revalued, I don't, I don't really believe it. So we, we put it in yellow or we put it in black, depending on whether on the spreadsheet or depending on whether it's an estimate or actually a re- revaluation. Now, if you keep a track of what you make on a rental profit every year versus what you think the valuation going up every year, that well, you must do that because the the answer to the, the original question is capital growth is probably the most important thing um, for the first three four five years you'll see that rent income and capital growth they're, they're relatively even you know they, they seem to work and go up about the same but after us five ten years it's capital growth that really really outstrips um, any rent increases and, and you know has done over time as well so you can buy the wrong house in the wrong area and do all the wrong things and if you hung on it to it for long enough, it'll make you a millionaire. That's just a fact. Mm. Just will, you know. Um, it, you, you won't if you do it all right. You'll buy more houses, and you, you'll, you'll have a lot less stress and all those things. But still, property just goes up in value. Average property prices double. I think it's depends what you read, but it's um, one of the ones I like. It's seven point two. If you read read others, most others have got it actually slightly higher than this. But the Office of National Statistics say that property prices have gone up something like seven point four percent year on year. And there's a couple of other people at um, Oxford Institute of Economics and various others that go eights and nines. Uh, there's not many that go below 7.4. There's a couple, but not many. Uh, but if you would take the number 7.2% growth and compound it over 10 years, property prices double. Mm. So property prices double if things go up by 7.2%, which means that a £100,000 house is worth 200 
in year 10, it's worth 400 and then it's worth 800. And you can see how it works that the, the majority of your gain over the long term, you know, 20, 30, 40 years is capital growth because it's that's, that's that, just that math just shows you 100 to 200 to 400 to 800. It, it's, it's massive. Um, yeah, you've just got to hold on to it for long enough. Simple mm-hmm. as that. Simple as that. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sat here thinking, you know, I've, I've done really well and uh, I've bought some houses, but the reality is the mo- I bought more recently and it's because I bought a lot 10, 15 years ago, refinanced them, got the money out and bought some more houses. So it, it definitely snowballs after, after a, a time and capital growth is, um, is the thing. Yeah, it, it, it's the one that's going to make you a millionaire. It's the one that's that age sort of 40, 50, 60, you're going to be able to look at the your your um your spreadsheet and say that's where the bulk of the money is in in that capital growth there so i think the trick is to look at it long term because you know short term if you're going for cash flow they're not necessarily going to be in the places where there's going to be quicker capital growth Mm. if you're lucky if you're lucky Mm. yeah yeah i say we've never bought a house for 50 grand that hasn't gone up to 100 in five years so yeah yeah so i I would say that the, the kind of areas that we I get asked this a lot by, by clients who are coming usually um, from, from sort of down south, if you like, L- London, um, London Way, let's say. Um, and they're used to a house that's worth um, a lot more money. And they're used to capital growth. I mean, they're not used, so used to it now because prices are going down. But uh, and they say, well, you know, will these £50,000 houses ever go up in value? You know, that, that's a question I get asked. You know, are they really worth much? Are they going to go up? Now, a couple of things. One. They, they, they have and they do and actually if capital growth acts on everything universally all the way through the country then it will go up by the same percentage as anything else um and just because it's a cheap house it's the same percentage you, you know you might need three or four of them to equal the same uh, cash actually you know the, the cash number but yeah so what um, but more than that if you think about a fifty thousand pound house doubling value to a hundred thousand pounds i think most people can just sort of feel in their gut that that that's possible you know everybody can afford a hundred grand house you know if you got a job you can afford a hundred grand house on a mortgage you just can um you know, no bad credit walk into a bank i've got a job can can you lo- loan me the money to buy this house yes and so you can see how a 50 grand house can pretty soon become worth a hundred incidentally you can't build a house for a hundred thousand pounds the house we're buying for 50 you can't build it for much less than sort of 105 110 thousand pounds so that can't you know you look at it and go well there you go then uh, the rebuild value on the insurance is usually 125 thousand now think about a 400 thousand pound house the kind of house that the person that's asking me the question is probably thinking well yeah it goes up in value all the time think of that 400 grand house doubling in value to 800 thousand pounds again i think most people in their gut can go mm. that's not gonna happen yeah. nobody could, you know think about how many people can afford a 400 thousand pound house there's a chunk there's a chunk of middle england how many people can afford an 800 thousand pound house it's a much smaller chunk and um yeah, so that if you're buying the houses in the areas that we buy, I think that you don't have to kiss goodbye to capital growth. I think you actually get some pretty stunning capital growth. I've certainly found that. So you know, I've, I bought houses for thirty and forty thousand pound houses, thirty and forty thousand pounds, which are now worth yeah, twelve years later, two hundred grand. It's not bad, not bad at all. So <laughs> you can see that as well on the you know you just go on right move and go to previously sold prices, and you can see mm. it's really frustrating because you know you see this. Four grand or something. Yeah, yeah, you see a four grand house about, mm. you know, it looks like that about 20 years ago. They bought it for about three. You just think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, the, um, 
I'm not going to start just throwing silly stats around, but uh, what was it? 1973, the average three-bed semi was £4,600 or something, and it's now just shy of 300 grand. You know, you stand on the doorstep of a, of a, of a terraced house, and I think this is, yeah, definitely there's a disconnect here, and, and people don't believe it, maybe, don't, don't, um, can't compute it. And it's not that they don't believe it. They, they probably believe it. They know, yeah, 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 I don't believe it. And they think, hang on, is that really going to happen? Your 50 grand house, and will that be worth half a million pounds in, you know, when, when I need it to be, when I'm relying on a pension? You think, how could this house be worth half a million pounds? So go back to the 1970s, somebody sat on the doorstep of a £4,000 house and they go, how is this ever going to be worth £300,000? Yet here we are and it is. So that's just the way it works. <laughs> you just got to have a bit of faith in the maths. Then people start saying, well, you know, house prices haven't always gone up. There are periods when they've gone down, like anything, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you you've know, got that. You yeah. play the long game. There will be blips, but it will... Of course. Still... If you're in it for the long... Oh, so what? Even if there are mm, some blips. For sure. And, and any, any, any investment, anywhere where you put your money, you expose yourself to the fact that it might go down. As long as you don't and need to sell at that point. If you don't need yeah. to sell, you're absolutely yeah. fine. If you're still making money every month, yeah. really important that every property that we buy makes money every month. <laughs> because then you can keep through, through that period of time. If you bought the wrong house in the wrong area and you're, you know, you're feeding it, I still see people feeding houses, you know, like two or three hundred pounds a month at these interest rates. So imagine... Prices crash and interest rates go up. They've just got to hang the keys back, you know. Mm. For them, buy today is dead, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, as long as you can keep it through those down periods, as long as it's making money. If prices crash tomorrow, I wouldn't mind. It's still exactly the same money would come into the bank account the next day through rent. And, and you know, I, I'm I'm not looking to sell any of these houses. I would actually, I quite like a recession now. Keep it quiet because it's not very popular. But <laughs> I might be able to buy some more houses, hey? See, so we really like uncertainty because um you haven't bought a house so you haven't been looking so you know um there's a really weird thing that's happening up north you know which is house prices are still creeping up a little bit actually mm-hmm. um i don't oh, so we're looking in somerset and mm-hmm. they are still creeping there is some falling in like there are some sort of major bubbly towns where prices yeah. are but in general they are kind of yeah the 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 bigger stuff which we're not interested in is struggling to sell and that sort of knocking confidence everywhere um but landlords are busy getting the 50 60 70 thousand pounds and packing as many of them as way as they can at the other end so we're trying to we're trying to have our cake and eat it because we're trying to buy at one end as, as cheap as possible but once we've done the work we're, we're trying to say it's worth more at the other end sort of thing you know and at mm. the moment i mean that's usually where the the tension lies but these we're actually we're achieving it so prices comparables at the top end are going up um we, we we've just got eight houses come straight to us without going on the market from a, 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 a seller like a corporate seller that you think would be they wouldn't normally want to be doing those kind of deals they, they would normally put it out to market you know maybe even dual agents so basically these the, the keys for these properties are locked in an estate agent's drawer until the day we've sale sale uh, so legally completed on the sale agreed them now um i haven't seen that kind of thing happening since 2008 and nine which, you know, that, that, that's to me says there's not many people buying, you know, they just give them to us because they, they know that they you know, get rid of them. Um, 
But on the other hand, I know that when they're done up, they'll actually be worth a little bit more than I think that we've got them pegged down. You know, we're saying that they're worth 80. I wouldn't be surprised if they came at 85 you know, six months from now when we're refinancing them. So you know, we, we are having our cake and eat it, which mm, long may it continue. It's definitely interesting because, like I said, mm. you know, prices are sort of creeping up a little bit in the areas that we're looking for. But agents are kind of calling me every day going, are you interested in that house? Are you interested yeah. in going to make an offer on that house? Are you interested yeah. in this house? And you sort of think, why are you so desperate for me to make an offer? Yeah, yeah. That, two years ago, three years ago, they, yeah, absolutely. I mean, two, two or three years ago, we wouldn't have bought one, eight houses from one agent and just had them boxed away for us, basically gift wrapped. Mm. We'd have been gazumped on half of them, probably. Um, we'd have been going to bulk viewings, those kind of things. So uncertainty, Brexit, it's good for us. Yeah, exactly. Let's, let's sort of drag it out a little bit longer. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I'm going to... If you, we're not going to get political, but I don't agree with <laughs> Brexit. It's good for us. <laughs> oh, 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 okay, okay, yeah. We'll move. It's, well, it's good for me. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you my, my sort of perspective, if you like. So I, I, I never turn on the news. I never listen to the news, and I don't take a newspaper. It took me. I think it was two weeks before I knew who. What was his name? The guy with the the, the, the hair. Um, Boris Johnson. Forgot his name. Him. Yeah. Yeah. See. <laughs> see. I just so having focus. <laughs> Focus. You've got to fo- how many? I, I can't do anything about it. I can't control it. Mm. I. It's not that when, I don't care. When there's something you need to do, yeah. that someone will tell you what you need to do. And then, till then, just keep buying Until houses. Till then, I'm just going to keep I buying know. houses. Exactly. I that, yeah. wish yeah. that I could. I, just, I, I read the news and I just get really angry. <laughs> so, so that's exactly so. why you don't read the news, right? I've got a top tip. Here we are. So on your uh, mobile telephone device, you have what are commonly known as applications. I believe one of them will be called Facebook. One of I them don't be have called... a Facebook. I oh, don't of course you don't, because you have avocado. Of course you don't. You've got... Uh, hang on, what's the other one? What's the other one? Instagram. Instagram, Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Twitter. Twitter's the other one, yeah. So get rid of those. Just delete them. Just delete them all. Um, and, and cancel your newspaper and just concentrate on buying some houses. There you go. Mm. When in the middle of the night, I don't know why well, I'm, I'm talking in the middle of the night because I get woken up by screaming kids in the middle of the night. So in the middle of the night, when you know you go on a, on a, go on right move instead of going on. Um, I do. I'm always on right move. <laughs> <laughs> Usually yeah. to calm me down after I've read the news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Can't do anything about it. It's all the same news. Um, I I I did that. So I used to be a courier driver. So a long time ago, when I was 17, 18, just learned to drive. I used to be a courier driver and um, driving long hours um, yeah, just with the radio for company. You, you'd put on um, BBC One, BBC Two, Four. There was another one that was, was Six Music, one of them. Anyway, basically all the BBC stations. And what you tended to find was on the hour, every hour, no matter which radio station you're listening to, it's always the same news. Ever so slightly differently, you know, the, the, the guy on Radio 6 speaks a bit quicker. The Radio 4 guy sounds more serious and uses bigger words. But it's basically exactly the same thing. It must come from a central BBC something. And after... I don't know, six months of that, I just bought a CD player and never never listened to the news ever again. So I'm hopelessly out of touch, but very happy with it. Mm-hmm. You want to buy lots of houses, then do the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just as top I think on that note, that's a I good think. kind of place to wrap <laughs> <up>, I think. <laughs> We've had an epic session tonight. Today, yeah. So. Thank you for the maths lesson. Uh, I, I, you know that somebody's going to writing saying he got that completely wrong. <laughs> Probably. The decimal point was in the wrong place. <laughs> if the decimal, if for, for people listening, if the decimal point was in the wrong place, we are very sorry. 
It's quite bad. Yeah. <laughs> don't need, don't email in. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been enjoyable. Thanks, uh, thanks for hosting it. Well, thanks yeah, very no, much. Thank for you for joining us. It was really useful. It was really. Uh, I think it's just good to have, you know, a just different perspective as well, and yeah, just chew the fat on this and see, see what we can come up with. So yeah. Buy more houses. Buy more houses. <laughs> I think that's just motto, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're one the sticker. Yeah, well, Cheers, guys. Um, thank you for joining us. And oh, do you have anything to plug, or if people want to get in touch with you, how best to do it? Ooh, nothing really to plug. No. Nothing um, to plug. Um, let me think. So we run a business that has got clients, and if you would like to think about being one of our clients, I guess we have a website. Yes, you see, I'm, I'm I'm getting warmed up now. I've got things to plug. Of course, I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's oh, always got something to plug. <laughs> yeah, so, so there's a website. It's forthelandlords.com. That is our business. We're a lettings business. We're a letting agency. That's what we do. We're we're a little bit different to your traditional letting agency in that we actively encourage, cheerlead our landlords on to um building their empire that's what we do but we also do all those other things that any other letting agency does which you know show tenants around we've got another business uh, another brand called fortherenters.com so you go on fortherenters.com that's where all our landlords houses are for market for uh, for, for rent but for the landlords um you know we'll we'll find a house fix it up rent it out manage it long term do all those things really really well we'll signpost you to a wider team of solicitors brokers debt collection specialists, tax specialists, all those things that really a landlord needs. We talk about doing it right. Um, you need the right mortgage product. You need the right tax structure. You need all the things so we can put you in touch with those kind of people. I think the proof's in the pudding. So our, our, the, the, the two problems that we fix, and there's only two things that we can do, is we make sure all our landlords are happy because generally speaking, landlords aren't happy. They're, they're grumpy, miserable people. I don't know, Michelle. Um, what, what do you think? <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't look grumpy and miserable. So you did. What I mean by that is that there's a list of things that are most mo- most landlords will think. Here's a problem that I don't know how to fix, and we've seen them all. And we honestly, I don't. I don't want to be smug, but I don't have any problems from my properties whatsoever. Not not a single thing. Um, it's all managed by a team that knows how to deal with it. So that, that yeah, I just have no stress whatsoever mm. from from managing the properties. Um, and, and the next thing is we actively encourage landlords to build their empires. Yeah, to let does work and it, it works best once you get past, like I said, the fourth, fifth, sixth property. You know, and before that, it can seem a little bit, um, you know, why am I doing this? I'm grinding it out. It's hard. So we, we, we push you through those hurdles. Um, proof in the pudding is the average landlord in the UK earns less than two properties. It's one point something. The average for the landlords.com landlord owns eight properties. So we are building people's empires. So if you want a bit of that or to know more about that, uh, we've got a website. You go on it for the landlords.com. And we run a thing called a discovery day. Book yourself onto one of those. I'll be there. Adam will be there. There's five or six people that are you know, beyond the, on the day. You come along, you get all your questions answered. There's no pressure. You don't have to join us as a landlord, although you can. Um, you don't have to buy anything else from us. It's just a day. We tell you how we do, what we do, why we think it's right. And you can join us at the end of it or not. Um, there's no pressure after that. I, we do, it's worth mentioning we charge for it it's mm-hmm. 20 pounds and it all goes to charity the only reason we charge is so that people turn up if you don't nobody turns up but it, it does all, all go to charity and i think last year we gave 
six and a half grand. Oh. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was about six and a half grand to charity just from the discovery days last year, so it's not bad. And what do people um, discover on the days? Is it HMOs or singlets? Both, both. It's, it's, it's um, yeah. we, we say it's all the right. So right house, right area, right renovation, right tenant, right paperwork, right long-term management, right mortgage product, right tax structure. Everything you need to do right. Buy to let does work, but if you don't get all those things right, you can you can afford to drop out of a list of maybe twenty things you need to do right. You can afford to drop one, maybe two. Um, you know, not be quite optimal. But as soon as you get more than that, not right. Um, yeah, even even it could look and 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 smell like all the other ones, but um, you got the wrong finance product on it. I, I landlord. A quick example before we go is um, you know landlord. Brings me up, tells me what you know, why his HMO isn't working, all these things. I'm looking at it, oh, I don't understand this. Look at the numbers. He's he's got a massive commercial valuation on it, a huge, great big loan, and he's paying eight percent on his loan. That's not going to work, is it? You you got all your money back out, and you paid eight percent on it. I mean, great idea because yeah, you can go and buy some more houses, but it's not going to make any money every month. So yeah, you just one thing. What it wasn't wasn't the end of the world, but he, he almost hadn't worked out what he'd done. <laughs> That's what you've done. You've, you've loaded it up to the to the to the, the eyeballs, and it doesn't make any money. So you've got to get every single thing right, and um, including the tax and all those things. So on the discovery day, you find out how to do everything right. I've never had a property question asked in that meeting that hasn't been able to be answered. So you know, we bought a lot of houses in um, however long we've been going, a decade or more. So yeah, that's why you're here with us today. Ah, yeah, it's been fun. I know. Uh, uh, yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, if anybody wants to get a and head over to yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash free, um, just so you can see what we're all about, really. Bye.